All right, what day 156, Joe Biden abandons our fellow Americans, stabs him in the back and says, good luck, you're on your own, have a good life. Uh, you can't even make this stuff up. I don't think you can get any worse, but things are getting worse. Last week, by far, was Joe Biden's worst week as a president. But really, as we now come up this week to the one-year anniversary of his inauguration, what have we got? Last week, he loses in the Supreme Court on vaccine mandates. He loses uh, Senator Manchin to build back better or build back broke, as I called it. He loses Kristen Cinema and Manchin on eliminating the filibuster that kills off their radical election bill and their, their other power grabs. That would have included stacking the Supreme Court or packing the court, uh, D.C., Puerto Rico, statehood, etc., uh, they don't want to do anything the right way. They want to just ram everything through, change all the norms. Anyway, Joe's public appearances now are getting worse. He's going to give a press conference, I believe, on Wednesday. And I'm, we won't see Joe probably all week because he's going to be practicing all week. Uh, Kamala Harris has had more disasters. I can't think of a single thing that she's done that's been successful. I can't think of a single thing Joe or Kamala has done that's been successful. Anyway, if she's not, you know, hiring child actors, she had a disastrous, fluffy interview last week and she couldn't even handle it. It's been a year of failure, um, you know, by nuking the filibuster as as now pretty much done. That means the election bill, which is no voter ID and and pretty much mail in ballots and and no checks and balances or integrity whatsoever. That's not going to happen. Inflation at a 40 year high. We learned last week. Average family inflation tax over $5,000 annually. You know, if you have a dollar in your pocket today, pull it out. It's worth about seven cents less than this time last year. Oil now, you know, climbing to with projections now, it could go as high as $125 a barrel. Okay, that means now you'll be paying two, two fifty more a gallon uh, to fill up your tank than you were paying under Donald Trump. Uh, Joe's begging OPEC and Russia. <laughs> a lot of good that's doing. A 33% approval rating. We have other new numbers we'll share with you today. His COVID disaster, running out of tests, running out of monoclonal antibodies, uh, running out of antivirals. He just hasn't paid attention at all to this. We've had the worst numbers we've ever had during this pandemic. Rand Paul will join us today about that. Kamala can't even answer if she and Joe are going to run again. Joe's border policy, energy policy, economic policy, all of this is a disaster. Rasmussen today comes out with a report that Biden's approval index, get this, is minus 31. That's his all-time worst. Donald, that's a year, the one year in. If you can't name a single thing that he's done successfully, that's a problem. Trump's worst was minus 26. And remember, Donald Trump had pretty much everybody in the media mob against him every second, every minute, every hour of every day. You have a CBS uh, news poll released on Sunday. 50% of Americans, this is their words, they're frustrated. You know what it's like to be frustrated? Um, that means you, you just have to piss somebody off so much. Just They've had it. The American people have had it with all of this failure. And they know it's failure. And on top of that, sorry, we were ahead of the curve pointing out to everybody that he was a cognitive mess, weak and frail. I mean, it's it's so 
obvious to discern it's getting worse. I'm going to pull out some tape from Joe in 2020, and we'll compare it to today. And I, I see a decline. Well, we'll let you decide. Anyway, this, the survey um, found 49% are disappointed in him. Well, the guy didn't really run a campaign. You know, this is the, the great unknown how he got 80-whatever million votes, as they say. You know, because he stayed in his basement hiding at, in the media mob uh, presidential candidate protection program. Now he's in the media mob uh, presidential protection program. Look at this. A vast majority of American voters don't think Biden has his priorities straight when it comes to inflation. You know, this build back broke bill only pushed critics further away. Told you about Quinnipiac last week, 33 percent. How do you get lower than 33 percent? When, when the Congressional Budget Office took away all the accounting gimmicks that Biden was using for this new Green Deal socialism, we found that it wasn't one point seven five trillion dollars. No, it was five point one trillion dollars and three trillion in new debt that we were putting on our kids and grandkids. I don't know. I don't feel comfortable robbing our kids blind. The average American household now, and I've lived poor. I know what it's like to live month to month and, and wonder how I'm going to pay my rent. Um, average American household is now $155,000 in debt. Now, if it includes a mortgage, okay, I'm cool with that because over time you're going to pay it off and, and that will become your retirement, hopefully your biggest asset if housing prices are, are continue to, to go up. But to get the American people that frustrated with you means you really have to screw up pretty bad. Even fake news CNN, I saw this, I couldn't believe it. Is the Biden presidency doomed? I mean, you can't make that up. That's their headline and their big White House story this morning. That he, they're, they're even acknowledging he's struggling politically, showing his approval ratings are tanking, and that Build Back Broke is done, and literally eliminating the filibuster is done and their election reform bill is done you know there's a another poll that came out where did i see this one this is a pretty interesting poll biden's uh, not only his approval rating slumping but his handling of coronavirus far worse than donald trump it's awful on the economy only 35 percent approve on the economy that's not good uh, on health care, only 33 percent of people approve of Biden's handling of health care on the environment, even 36 percent approve crime policing, only 31 percent approve on immigration, 30 percent approve relations with China, 30 percent approve. And they found pluralities of respondents believe Biden has handled the economy, immigration, national security, defense, foreign policy far worse than Donald Trump. Whoopsie daisy. Oh, everything we told you would happen is now true. Even Jen Psaki, Circleback, the chief propagandist inside the White House, unable to defend the president's weak from help. My friend Peter Ducey asked, well, what happened to Biden's decades of D.C. experience that they were selling us? It was a great moment. Uh, there's an Axios piece out. We put it up on Hannity.com um, that paints a pretty bleak future for biden as he moves into his second year uh recounting his failures and the bottom line in the headline nobody likes joe biden what's the what's there to like look if you're elected for office, what do we, why do we elect people for office 
They're supposed to serve the people. We elect them to represent us. We expect them to work hard for us. Well, Joe doesn't work hard. I mean, he has less than one scheduled event a day. And he has a lid half the time at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. The guy disappears every weekend. Doesn't matter what's happening. Over Christmas, he's gone. Nowhere to be found. We don't have COVID tests all over the country. When he finally mentions monoclonal antibodies for the first time in his his vaccine mandate speech, then all of a sudden the federal government starts hoarding and buying up all the monoclonal antibodies. And now all of a sudden something we never had a shortage of, we have a shortage of. It's it's you can't fail this deeply. And, you know, and Donald Trump was in Arizona Actually said Biden is more destructive than five presidents put together. That's saying something. And Biden needs to fire incompetent people who have botched the COVID response. Steve Scalise is out there saying the Surgeon General is saying the vaccine mandate block is a setback for public. No, it's not. It's not. You know, look, everything they've said about COVID is not accurate. As a matter of fact, they've got pretty much everything wrong starting with their early projections, starting with the promise that masks don't work, Dr. Fauci said, then one mask, then two masks, then vaccine masks, then vax mask and, and booster, and vax mask booster and wear the mask indoors and outdoors. Well, people that are fully vaccinated, vaccinated with boosters and natural immunity, they're all still getting COVID. Now, I don't know, it might, it might, and it might become a point of herd immunity at some point. I don't know. I'm not, I don't play doctor on radio. And then it could be an endemic. We'll ask Dr. Paul, Rand Paul, when he comes on later. He's also a medical doctor. Um, one thing that Biden is not going to like, our friend Peter Schweitzer has a new book coming out. It's called Red Handed, How American Elites Get Rich Helping China Win. And it's got 1,000, this book has 1,093 endnotes, totaling 81 pages. Now, they quote me in this article in Breitbart that they're going, these, this, I, I, I happen to know a little bit of what's in here. Let me just give you a heads up. It is going to be massive and easier for law enforcement, U.S. intelligence services to track down, remember, It was Peter Schweitzer's best-selling book, Clinton Cash, that sparked the FBI investigation into the Clinton Foundation. Now, did anything happen? No, nothing ever happens. Nancy Pelosi's son, this was in the New York Post, I believe, over the weekend. Anyway, the House Speaker's son has reportedly been linked to at least five business entities under investigation by authorities for fraud. And her husband is making a fortune in the stock market. And the question is, do you have any inside information that's driving that? And I haven't even gotten to the economy yet. You know, it was a great piece in, in the New York Post today. Hey, Joe, it's the economy, stupid. Most fault Biden for money woes. Well, who else are you going to fight? Who, who else are you going to blame for this? You know, that CBS poll that I mentioned. You know, there's not enough focus on inflation. Let me tell you what he could do to solve every problem. On the border, bring back Trump's policies. On energy, Go back to energy independence and be a net exporter of energy. Stop making Putin and Russia rich again. Let's supply our allies with the energy that they need. It's the lifeblood of the world's economy. And I saw an article today. I'll get to it later. Israeli-backed rebels, I'm sorry, Iranian-backed rebels attacked three oil tankers in the Gulf. What did I say? The best thing 
the the best benefit from energy independence is we don't need to worry about the Middle East as much as we once had to because we don't need their oil. Nor did we have to worry about the narrow straits of Hormuz where the Iranians are always terrorizing tankers. And sure enough, over the weekend, the rebels attacked three oil tankers in the Gulf. Well, we wouldn't have to worry about it if we were still energy independent. Go back to the Trump economic policies, cut taxes, and the bureaucracy. Energy policies, become energy independent, secure the border. It's not that complicated. But these are things he's never going to do. You know, on the issue of inflation, sure, the Fed's going to raise interest rates, we were told now, four times this year. Okay, that that might mitigate some of the inflation. So we're told by top economists. But if you really wanted to get rid of inflation, the single best thing you can do is go back to energy independence. Because everything we buy now costs more because we're paying more to ship everything, every place, everywhere, more to heat our homes, cool our homes in the summer, and fill our gas tanks. And as we roll along, Sean Hannity show, uh, now the Epic Times is reporting that uh, the ever-so-respected and well-loved Fit Flip Flop Fauci, get this, the same guy, now we have evidence from his own emails, from his own NIH, from The Intercept, what, some 900 documents that they have, that he invested in the Chinese regime's corporate national championships and in... Uh, and benefited from state policies. Now, at what point is he, by the way, he's like the highest paid official in the government. I think he makes around $430,000. Maybe the president is the only person paid more. Um, nobody's failed as much as him. Now, Rand Paul gave it to him last week. We'll get an update from him. And also the CDC, Rand Paul put out a tweet. It goes, does this mean that the uh, snot-nosed CDC conceded that cloth masks do not protect uh, against the virus uh, in terms of efficacy? (laughs) You see, think of all of this. You watch this failure on the spectacular level in all things government. And I, I cannot wrap my mind around this. The same politicians that can't even maintain law and order, that can't maintain safety and security, the same idiots that promised you can keep your doctor, keep your plan, and save money. The average family is going to save $2,500 a year. Well, millions lost their doctors and plans, and we're all paying about 200% more. Thank you very much. But the same people that raided the so-called lockbox and squandered Social Security monies and Medicare monies, and they're headed towards insolvency. Now they're saying that they're going to take care of every need in your life, you know, pre-K through college education, government healthy food, guaranteed government job, guaranteed government wage, guaranteed government uh, retirement, guaranteed, guaranteed, guaranteed. Why? What have they done so well? We pay more for per education per capita than any other industrialized country with the worst results. They even fail there. So what gives so many Americans confidence that giving them more power is actually ever going to work? All right, it is a Martin Luther King holiday, uh, national holiday. Uh, I, I think one of the best speeches I've ever heard in my life. 
is Martin Luther King Jr. on the mall. Let's play a little bit here. I have a dream. That my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I mean, it's definitely worth, if you have time, pulling it up on, you know, your phone or your device, whatever it is, and, and throwing it up on your smart TV. Um, one of the things that has frustrated me is this big lie. Democrats like to talk about big lies. I'll tell you a big lie. is It used to be every two years, every four years. Now it's pretty much every day that Republicans are racist, that they're sexist, they're misogynist, they're homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic. Now it's you can add to that transphobic. They want dirty air and water. Oh, that's what I want. I really, I want to drink dirty water and, and breathe dirty air. Okay. Obama said that. And that pretty much there's going to be an ad every election season where some prominent Republican, I guess probably a Donald Trump lookalike, will throw grandma and grandpa in a wheelchair over a cliff so they can die. That, that, that is their playbook. I was watching Maxine Waters over the weekend claiming that Senate colleagues, Joe Manchin of West Virginia, Kristen Cinema, don't care about minorities and black people during an interview on MSDNC, blasting senators for giving Republicans the opportunity to filibuster the Democrats' voting right voting bill that passed the House on Thursday. Now, Joe Cinema, uh, I'm sorry, Joe Manchin, Joe Cinema, Joe Manchin, just like Kristen Cinema, gave a a pretty long answer on this he said throughout the last decade or more there's been broad bipartisan support for protecting the filibuster including the current and former members of the senate four years ago 61 senators and 33 of which were democrats sent a letter to senators chuck schumer mitch mcconnell warning them of the dangers of eliminating the filibuster that letter presented a united front committed to preserve the ability of members to engage in extended debate when bills are on the Senate floor. Now, while some of them have changed their position, I have not. Respect is a two-way street. I respect that they have changed, and I would hope they respect that I have not. The ability to debate and do hard work to find consensus between the two parties is more important for our country now than ever, with the Senate evenly divided. While many try to ignore this history, they do so without fully understanding the long-term institutional and democratic damage this will do to the Senate and our nation. It goes on to say, allowing one party to exert control, complete control in the Senate with only a simple majority, will only pour fuel on the fire of political whiplash and dysfunction that is tearing this nation apart, especially when one party controls both Congress and the White House. As such... And as I have said many times before, I will not vote to eliminate or weaken the filibuster. So that's not happening. By the way, that's a big deal. And that, But, you know, I think the best speech last week was given by Tom Cotton because he took Chuck Schumer's speech about how we'd become a banana republic if we ever got rid of the filibuster, and he read it. Constitutional scholars will tell us that the reason we have these rules in the Senate, unlimited debate, Two-thirds to change the rules. The idea that 60 have to close off debate is embodied in the spirit 
and rule of the Constitution. The bottom line is very simple. The ideologues in the Senate want to turn the Founding Fathers, what the Founding Fathers called the cooling saucer of democracy, into a rubber stamp of dictatorship. They want to make this country into a banana republic, where if you don't get your way, you change the rules. Those are powerful words, but they're not mine. Every word of my speech today was originally spoken by our esteemed colleague, the senior senator from New York, Chuck Schumer. And then he puts up a big picture of Chuck Schumer's face. But all these people now demanding to change the rules, well, they had a very different position when they were in the minority. Listen. Speaking of those other candidates, several of them have proposed major structural reforms to our government and to our democracy. These include abolishing the Electoral College, uh, expanding the size of the Supreme Court, setting term limits for justices, abolishing the legislative filibuster. Which, if any of these, do you support? None. What the filibuster does, what the extended debate does, is to force both sides of the aisle to come together in a bipartisan, compromising way. They want, because they can't get their way on every judge, to change the rules in midstream, to wash away 200 years of history. They want to make this country into a banana republic, where if you don't get your way, you change the rules. Uh, okay, that's exactly what's happening. I mean, you can't, you just can't even make this up. And this is not a lot of deep dive research we're doing here. This is just on the surface. It takes us, you know, five seconds to find this information. Not five seconds, but you know what I'm saying. Um, now the Democrats are putting their hope that the the politicized Justice Department. And why is it politicized? Well, here's an example. If you look at the voting laws in the state of Delaware, where Joe Biden has represented Delaware 575,826 years, right? Some of the most restrictive in the country. But what does Merrick Garland do? No, he goes after Georgia's new law. Georgia allows 17 days in-person early voting. No excuse, absentee, mail-in balloting. It offers a drop box in every district. In Delaware, no in-person early voting at all. There's You must give an excuse if you want a mail-in ballot. No drop boxes anywhere. And both states require voter ID. So why go after Georgia? Why go after Texas, where they have far less restrictive, far more accessible voting uh, laws in those states and, and not go after Joe's state of Georgia. I'm sorry, Joe's state of Delaware. Now, when did Joe Biden ever one time in all the years representing Delaware lift a finger to make voting more accessible for the people of Delaware? Not once because it's a power grab, just like packing the courts. It's a power grab. It's all about power. I saw Hillary Clinton. The Clintons now are trying to gain relevancy again, hoping that well, nobody likes Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, so maybe maybe I'll run again. God help us. She invoked Martin Luther King Jr.'s criticism of the white moderate, what appears to be a, a veiled rebuke at, at Mansion and Cinema. The media is pushing this this misleading narrative on the filibuster vote. If you look at Fox News, did a good piece on this at .com, and news outlets are pushing this distorted and, and 
abusively biased narrative and news coverage of this omits or downplays the hypocrisy on the issue uh, and fails to inform the American people of the role the filibuster served in the Senate and where Democrats have historically stood on this issue. Why is that? Well, it's, it's pretty obvious why. You know, I go back to this. If you can't keep your city safe and secure and allow, if, if you can't keep law and order, most blue states, blue cities cannot do it or refuse to do it is probably a better word. You know, the no bail laws, these, you know, defund, dismantle madness in every major city that has done this. The results are catastrophic. And Democrats, if, if you can't do that, why should we trust you to do anything else? We spend more per capita per student than every other nation in the industrialized world. And we come in anywhere between 37th and 40th in terms of kids, education, and their performance on standardized tests. How is that possible? How do you fail that spectacularly? There's 13 public schools, uh, high schools in, in Baltimore alone. They don't have a single kid proficient in reading or math. How do you fail at that level? And Baltimore is like the second highest per student, per capita, in terms of monies that are being spent every year. New York City, public schools, they're averaging over $40,000 a year per student. Now, here's a radical idea. How about you, how about you just cut the parents a check? Here's the money to educate your kids. you got to prove to us that you're educating your children. What do you think is going to happen? I'll tell you what's going to happen. 40000 a year, that's almost the cost of even some of the more expensive private schools in New York. Schools are going to pop up everywhere, and those schools that instill discipline, put kids in uniforms, and tell and insist on the kids behaving, and have rigorous, rigorous educational standards, and they keep these kids on top of reading, writing, math, science, computers. You know what? Where do you think parents are going to take their their allotment, their money, their grant? And what do you think they're going to do with that? They're going to send their kids to the safest schools with the best education. Everybody will do it. But we don't let that happen because you've got an unholy alliance with Democrats and the teachers unions. It's unbelievable. And yet we want to put more trust in, in Democratic Party hands, and we're going to believe the lies. There's an interesting piece in the, uh, in the New York Post. So we got this new Manhattan district attorney. His name is... Alvin Bragg, and he even admitted, my two weeks in office have been so challenging. It's been challenging, you know, for my church and my family. I'm, I'm like, okay, this is the guy that doesn't want to charge anybody for any, any crimes. Part of the discussion that's been so frustrating is the suggestion that I don't know public safety. He doesn't. Because we're seeing more crime. He refuses, literally refuses to prosecute even people involved in violent crimes for what they should be charged with. And guess what that means? That leads to a city that is less safe and less secure. In New York City, a woman was killed in the subway. By the way, there's been a number of these attacks. You got these crazy people down in the subways. I used to take the subway all the time. I won't go near the subway. Those were the good old days, right, Linda? 
Anyway, oh, yeah, woman, Subway's you, always a good time. Oh, yeah. The woman identified by police as the victim pushed to her death in front of a subway train at Times Square this weekend. The new mayor said there's only a perception of fear. There's been a huge backlash against the new mayor, Eric Adams, on that comment. In Los Angeles, their district attorney was ripped over sentencing for a transgender woman who at 17, she's now 26. I don't know why this is coming up at this point, but now 26, pled guilty to assaulting a 10-year-old girl in a woman's bathroom in 2014, and she was two weeks away from turning 18 meaning she could be tried as an adult. The reason that was given, and pay attention to this, he doesn't want to send the transgender woman's 26 that assaulted sexually a, t- a 10-year-old girl uh, because she'll be attacked because of gender identity. Well, you ought to have the mechanism. Paul Manafort was put in isolation, solitary confinement for, what, a year? as He was being pressured to lie about Donald Trump. In L.A., an ER nurse died after an attack near Union Station. How's, how's this defunding the police working out there? Kamala Harris praised the, the cuts to the police in Los Angeles at the time. A billion-dollar cuts to the city of New York. Crime's going through the roof. Almost all of these cities have had record crime in 2021. There's a column in Red State. If a homeless person murders you in Los Angeles, it's all your fault. I mean, it's getting nuts. The Baltimore D.A., calls for God's help at a church service after being indicted for perjury and making false mortgage applications. This is Marilyn Mosby that we've talked a lot about. A Detroit restaurant employee was stabbed, shoots an attacker, dead inside a steakhouse. Can't even go out to eat in half these cities. That's unreal. And we know what? We take it. Now, we had uh, Mancow on. When do we have him on? Friday, I guess. Yeah, he said we could predict on any given weekend. It was a, this is a relatively no, low number for Chicago. 29 people shot in Chicago. Since 2009, I've been scrolling the names of, of people whose names we don't hear. Don't their lives matter? Shot, shot, and killed. Not all the police officers. We had a record year last year that are killed. Where's the committee investigating the 574 riots in the summer of 2020? Dozens dead, thousands of cops injured, many severely, billions in property damage. You know, we know how to stop crime. Not hard. Rudy Giuliani did it in New York. You learn from him.